Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. I am excited for this message today. This is a sermon that me and my husband gave a couple weeks ago at Austin's home church in Alexandria, Minnesota. It's called Spirit Life Church. The pastors, Jeff and Natasha Ferguson, are his aunt and uncle. And his parents go there. And this has been actually a really pivotal and important church for us. Whenever we go and visit his family, we always go and visit. And it was such a blessing when they invited us to give this message together. We chose this topic, but it was, we knew that it was something that is really on our hearts. And I'm excited for you to hear it because this is so deeply ingrained in the Hope Reclaimed message. You're going to hear my story as well as Austin's story, who is my husband. And you're going to hear just our struggles with transparency and with shame and how we encourage other people to step into the freedom that's available. But before we get into this message, I really want you to be sure you have liked this episode and subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it on social media using the hashtag hope underscore reclaimed. And that really helps other people find this podcast and find the messages that we have here. I'm also excited to share that this podcast is sponsored by the Reclaimed Intensive, my five-month coaching program. And this program is the second time that I'm doing this. I'm so excited to be opening the doors again from April until August. If you're interested in this, if you're a woman who's healing from divorce or a bad breakup or loss, please join this intensive. This is a place for you to step into fullness and restoration because it is available for you. I'm really excited for this program. And if you'd like more information about it, please head to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com or click the link that's found in the show notes of this episode. So again, that is hopereclaimedministries.com. All right, let's just get into this episode with Ellie and Austin, me and my husband, at Spirit Life Church on February 21st. Enjoy. Yeah, well, we're so excited to be here with you guys. We just love you guys. Oh, this is great. Like, we're just chatting. This is awesome. This is I love awesome. this. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, we're so honored. We just, I just wanted to affirm you guys, too, just as I was just being ministered to. I just felt like, I know this has come down from your leaders, but... You guys have created a culture here, really, which is so inviting to the Lord and what he wants yes. to do. So you have plans, and you're preparing, but you're also like, God, what do you want to do? Yeah. And so we just noticed that, and we love that about you guys. Um, so we're super honored just to partner with you and um, share, really, what the Lord has just been doing in our hearts. We're preaching to ourselves, yeah. so this is absolutely for us and something 
just a lot of things that we've really grown in. Um, yeah. yeah, so the title today is Real Transparency. And man, we really believe this is so timely for the church, generally, for you guys personally, and it really has been timely for us. Um, it is a challenging message, so just kind of prepare your hearts. It's challenging to walk out real transparency, I think. Um, so yeah, it's challenging. Let me open up my notes here. Um, yeah, we're just, we're, we feel so honored to be here just going off of that. I just want to say too, every time we come here, um, I just feel so impressed that this is rare. Like, there's not a lot of churches like this, and you guys are so blessed to have leaders that are going so hard after after the Lord, but so hard after the Holy Spirit. That's not something you get everywhere. And um, so you guys are so, so blessed to be here. Mm-hmm. Really, you really are. I feel closed off this side of the room. Um, yeah, um, I would also recommend taking notes. We will be going through kind of a lot of things. So maybe take notes if possible, or maybe listen to it again. Um, yeah, I think... That's everything. Do you want to just share a little yes, bit? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, so generally, we're talking about, sorry, we're talking about <laughs> transparency, and one of the biggest obstacles to transparency, which is shame. Shame can keep us. It can say, it can tell us our identity, which is contrary to the word, and say, this is who you are. You need to hide. Mm-hmm. It really can keep us um, withholding. Um, so shame is one of the biggest obstacles of transparency, we would say. So we're going to kind of talk about both of those mm-hmm. things. And be so real with you guys, it's going to be ridiculous. So, Also, we have never done this before where together. we've taught together. So well, this is of. new. We kind of have. Not, I mean, like sort of. So I have a podcast and sometimes we've done things together. But this is very new. I really love control. So this is an exercise for me to relinquish some control. <laughs> this is awesome. really good. <laughs> but, um, so just have some patience with us. But, um, but yes, this, I, we really believe that this message is, is timely, but it's something so on our hearts personally because it's something that the, the lack of transparency greatly affected our stories. Mm-hmm. Both of us, yeah. I, mean, I love that you guys are doing divorce care um, yeah. because divorce is in our stories. Um, both of us walked through um, a ve- both very painful divorces mm-hmm. um, before we um, were married, and now we're remarried together, and, and we're so, so blessed by that. Um, but yeah, so I, I got married, a little bit about my story. I got married at a pretty young age um, to a man that I met when I was, when I was young, and there was no red flags as far as I saw. And um, my family loved him. My friends loved him. On paper, we did everything right. And I just, I just really believed that if there was something wrong, if there was something that he needed to tell me, that he would tell me. Right. And I just, I didn't necessarily push. I didn't necessarily ask those hard questions because I just believed that they would, they would come. Now, I don't want to fault myself for that. I have a lot of compassion for my younger self because there was a lot I didn't know. And um, now I have a lot, of, a lot more wisdom. Um, but fast forward five and a half years into our marriage, I discovered an affair that completely caught me off guard. Had no idea. 
And I, I grew up in the church, so I really believed God is who he says he is. He's going to heal my marriage. This is what's going to happen. This is going to be our story, and it's going to be great. And then we'll do, you know, do, we'll do ministry together as, as a re- restored married couple. Yeah. And that is not what my ex-husband chose. And I found out that the affair was extensive and that it was serious and that it began before we were married. And that knowledge was just, it totally caught me off guard. I was thinking that my life is just not at all like I thought it was. This marriage is not at all like I thought it was because it was a lack of transparency. And I, I, I was going through a divorce that I initiated which was a whole other level of shame that I needed to work through to process a divorce that I didn't even want. But yeah. it, was, it was at that time, um, and this is what I, I love speaking about this, um, and we're not really going to get into this aspect too much, but um, what, what, one thing that was really important to me while I was going through my divorce was I... Um, I passed restaurants and listened to music and watched movies that all reminded me of the pain of my broken marriage. And they all were, you know, triggers or pain points. So I I began to drive the long way around the neighborhood to avoid the restaurant that we always went to together. And I definitely didn't listen to that artist on the radio because that would just bring up this pain. And I really began to live in fear. But the Lord was convicting me that, that that's not how he wants me to live. He wants me to live with freedom. Right. So I began, to, I began to go back to every restaurant and listen to every song that reminded me of the pain of my broken marriage. And um, I called that process reclaiming. And that was really, really important for me. And um, that's one of the things that I, I speak about a lot and I talk with in, in my ministry. It's called Hope Reclaimed. And Austin's been a really important part of that ministry as well. Um, but that's one, that's one thing. And, and so then when we started dating, we dated shortly after my divorce was, was finalized, um, that, that I knew that transparency, like, we're going to be transparent. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do it. So, True. <laughs> and, um, so that, was re- that was really important for me to say, history will not repeat itself here. Yeah. We're going to do, do something right. different, and we're going, to, we're going to step into this with a lot of intentionality. And yeah. we were not perfect with that by any means, and sure. we're still growing in that way. But it's been such an important part of our story um, a part of my story, and I'll let you speak now. So good. Yeah, absolutely. My story is a little bit different. Um, there wasn't like one side was being not transparent at all, which led to this breakdown of a marriage, but we both kind of weren't, my ex and I weren't really transparent with each other in the sense that we didn't know how to communicate what was really going on. You know, really say, this is where I really am. Here's all my cards. This is actually what's happening in my heart. We really didn't know, I would say, how to do that. And so what that did is it closed part of our hearts off to each other. And it ended up where we just kept growing more and more separate. We grew in like this distance. We just became more and more distant as time moved forward because there was a lack of transparency. So we didn't know how to show those things or we... We, we didn't know what the words to say, so we wouldn't say anything. And it caused this distance in our marriage. 
which eventually led to a place where she ended up choosing to sleep with someone else. She ended up choosing to get on drugs and start drinking and do all these different things, which eventually led to the breakdown of our marriage. And so we've just noticed, as we look back, one of the big themes, uh, one of the, the biggest things really that we've learned from is that transparency is so important. And not just to, not just to marriages, right? Not just to marriages, any kind of relationship really, to ministries. Also, I mean, um, just I'm sure many of you heard about some of the heartbreaking things with like Robbie Zacharias. So many leaders have fallen and it's because of a lack of transparency. We're not saying this is where I really am. We're not being held accountable to people. We don't know how to do that sometimes, and it's actually really hard because it takes a tremendous amount of humility to say, like, I'm struggling, and here's the thing. But it is so vital. And so that's what we're talking about. Um, real transparency. Um, not, not a sort of a, you know, we, sometimes we can describe our situation, but we're not really saying what's, what's going on in our hearts. We're talking about real transparency. So, um, yeah, we just see, like, transparency will save marriages. Transparency will save relationships. Transparency will save ministries. We, ne we need to be transparent. And, and we've just noticed too, shame can be an obstacle. Yeah, so. and, and we, we really do believe, I mean, um, Pastor Jeff was just saying this, that, that the Lord is bringing us to a new level. He's, he wants to bring the church to a new level. And we as individuals have a responsibility to step into transparency so that that can happen, so that freedom can take place in our own hearts, so that we can receive everything that he has for us, for he, that he has for the church yeah. in this next season. So good. Yeah. So um, now we can turn to the main scripture that we're going to go to. So that's 2 Corinthians 4. If you want to turn there, um, or Bible app. It will also be on the screen. It will also be on the screen. Yes, um, it is. Lovely. Yeah, so 2 Corinthians 4. It's really the first three verses what we're focusing on, but I'll read the first, um, first six. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. It says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. but We have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in the craftiness or adulterating the word of God but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who'd said, Light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So, good. so first kind of main point, just want to highlight here, is this phrase. Okay, so it says, verse 1 and 2, we, do, we don't lose heart. We have renounced the things hidden because of shame. And then it goes on to talk about just... Um, like manifesting the truth. So like in the message that says, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. We, keep the, we, we put the whole truth on display. And so one thing that's interesting is he specifically highlights um, renouncing the things hidden because of shame. And so what that really means is it's formally declaring 
our abandonment mm -hmm. of those things which we were hiding because of shame or that shame wants to hide. Maybe we, we, we made a mistake, maybe we sinned, maybe we were struggling with something, maybe we had a weakness. We're not gonna hide those things. We're gonna say, I'm abandoning that and I'm gonna be open and really display the gospel. Um, so the biggest thing is, yeah, um, we're renouncing these things hidden because of shame. So shame, um, just kind of teaching a little bit on what shame is and what shame says. Shame, one of the biggest lies in shame is that it, it says, it makes an identity statement about who you are. It says when you've made a mistake or you see a weakness in yourself, it says, that's you. That's who you are. And then when you see that lie and you hear it, you want to hide. Because you're like, well, if this is who I am, I can't show people this. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. You're like, wow, I, I'm dealing with this. If this is who I am, I, I can't bring people into this. I can't tell people about it. Yeah. And so shame says, this is who you are. And then it results in hiding, yeah. and keeping things kind of secret. It doesn't agree with the truth, though. Because the truth is, in Christ, you're a new creature. Come on. Right? It, it says in Ephesians 2, we're seated in Christ in heavenly places. It says in Galatians 2, what does it say in Galatians 2? Just blanked on it. Go ahead. Um, oh we, we, wait, I just had it. <laughs> Who knows Galatians 2? Oh my gosh. I've been crucified with Christ. There it is. <laughs> okay. I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore. That's the point. That's the point I'm making. I don't live anymore, but Christ lives in me. That's my identity now. So shame actually doesn't agree with the truth. Sometimes you can forget things. That's okay. And we're There's no shame about that. There's, There's no, no shame. shame about it. No. So yeah, just kind of and then just kind of bring up this, uh, one point that I think is helpful um, when it talks about shame and identity and hiding. I'll just bring up a story of myself as an example in high school. In high school, I grew up in this church and previous uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of God churches. And I knew a lot of theology. I loved the Lord. But there are still areas in my heart that I, I, say, I would say I didn't fully surrender to him. Um, and so in high school, whether it was lust, whether it was peer pressure, I ended up sleeping with my girlfriend at the time. I was like 16. And there was a lot of shame around that. Mm -hmm. Shame was saying, this is who you are. You need to hide. Yeah. A lot of people looked up to me. Um, I felt like a hypocrite. And so shame was telling me, this is your identity, now hide. And now what's interesting about that is when shame says hide, what's it, what it's really saying is stay there. Yeah. It's actually saying stay there. Because one thing I noticed about my story is that maybe lust hooked me, maybe peer pressure hooked me, but shame is actually what kept me there. And I was there way too long because shame was saying stay. So, so just want to highlight, shame says this is who you are, and so we hide. And what it's actually saying is stay there. And we don't need to stay there. Yeah. We can actually live in freedom. So, um, yeah, I'll just yeah, turn it over to you. That's so, so good. And, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that, too. Um, I just, you might be here, and you might be thinking, well, I okay, I'm not struggling with this because, you know, I haven't had any major sin, which is awesome. Praise the Lord. You're not struggling with, with anything that's, you know, we might be deeming shame-worthy. Or maybe 
um, you're just, you're, what's coming to mind right now is not necessarily a sin that you have committed, but it could be a sin or something that has been done to you. Shame is something that comes up that is because of something we've done or because of something that can be done to us. And the Lord, the Lord wants to free us of that completely. And it's not anything that we, that we need to continue to hold on to. So for me, when I was going through my divorce, again, I felt a lot of shame around this word divorce. Um, I was thinking, well, I was faithful. I wanted to remain married. And now there's this big old neon sign above my head that says divorce, and everyone knows, and I can't, uh, this is going to be my story forever. It's that my scarlet letter, you know? And I felt so much shame around that. So I began to justify. I began to explain. And in a sense, I was being transparent, but I really wasn't opening up to other people about where my heart really was. I was trying to, in a sense, fight a shame fight that has already been won by Jesus. We, We need to be living unashamed not just fighting shame, not just white knuckling our way through this. God is actually wanting us to totally surrender to his finished work because of what he has done on the cross 2000 years ago. So it does not matter if you're, if you're here and you're, you're listening to this and you're thinking, I have, you know, I'm not struggling with anything right now. Praise the Lord, right? Praise God. That's something to celebrate. Um, But we want to also look in our, look, Look in our hearts. Are there ways that I'm holding back transparency right. between God, between other people, and, and just with myself? Am I holding off something? Yeah. That's really what we want to, you know, address to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we believe God is calling us to be real with each other, mm-hmm. to openly abandon those things that were hidden because of shame, to really declare, I'm imperfect. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need the gospel. Um, yeah, so it's time to be transparent. Um, we can continue on just with the scripture, kind of opening up one uh, more point. Um, so end of verse 2, beginning of verse 3. So the message actually says, We keep everything we do and say um, out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to see can and judge for themselves in the presence of God. So then it says, okay, so verse 3, this is New American Standard. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled because the enemy's at work. So there's something super interesting about that that I want to see is that they're actually implying. In the message, it says it this way. If our message is obscure, if the gospel is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. Mm-hmm. So that's actually implying if we're walking in shame and this identity statement that is contrary to the truth, just this is who we are, and we're, we're walking in shame, and we're holding back, we can actually veil the gospel. Yeah. We can actually cover up what God has done and what he's done for us, who he's actually made us, mm-hmm. and that really our sin isn't an indication of our shameful self, yeah. but it's actually a testimony now. Look, what God, look how he received me. And so we can actually say, I'm imperfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, needed, I need a savior. I need Jesus. And so what's amazing here is it's actually implying like we can veil the gospel. We can cover up the gospel 
by not being real and just saying where we are. Um, yeah. yeah, because the we're, we're just going to do like a little bit of a gospel lesson. Can we do that? Because the, talking about the gospel is the best thing in the entire world because it's, it's set us all free. And if you're not free, congratulations. I'm about to share with you the freedom that's available in Jesus. Um, Adam and Eve... You know, they, they were the first humans, and they were the first people to bring sin into the world. <clears throat> and then they, basically, they, um, their spirits became a sinful spirit. We were born into a sinful nature, that sinful man, because we live in this earth, that's what happens. But what Jesus did is he came because he knew that that sinful spirit that was in us uh, was going to bring separation. So he came, lived a perfectly sinless life, and died a death, which was paying that price for us, which is the ultimate sacrifice. So when we become believers, we die to that sinful spirit, and we are made new. We are, we are given his righteousness. So you are not your sin, Right. You're not the things that have happened to you, yeah. and you're not the sin that you have already been freed from. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I actually disagree. I respectfully disagree to that statement. I think we, we have been saved by grace, but my sinful nature is dead. Right. There's still a reason why we sin, which is our soul and our body. We have a soul. We have a mind, will, and emotions, which needs to be worked out. Sometimes we have to be like, hey, soul, can you please get in line with the spirit that says that I am, I am the righteousness of Christ yeah. and just start behaving, please? <laughs> we have to remind ourselves of that. But that is not you. That is your soul. Does that make sense? Is everyone getting that? Yeah, so I just want to read off some scriptures with this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Right. That is what we are. Romans 6, 6, and 7 says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. The body of right. sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Congratulations, right. that's you. You are set free of sin. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a? New creature. The old is gone, the new has come. Your spirit is redeemed. Congratulations. That's the truth. You are no longer your sin, you are no longer the thing that has happened to you. And that is why we can formally declare the things that we have done because of sin, because that makes it our testimony then. And we say, that's not me. That was my sinful nature that acted up. That was my, that was my soul. But Jesus has redeemed me, and I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. That's what we can do, and that's what we're talking about. That is what true transparency is, saying, this isn't me. This is, this is what I did, but it's not me. Right. Praise God. <laughs> because of what Jesus did, I'm free. So there's a separation that yeah. happens between our story, be between the thing that we did or the thing that was done to us and being able to share. That's yeah. when it becomes your testimony. 
your testimony is saying, look at what Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah, but, so just to say that concisely. Um, <laughs> it's not so long-winded like I did. No, it was, <laughs> babe, you're so cute okay. when you talk about the gospel. <laughs> no, like, okay, so to say it concisely, um, <laughs> we don't need to hide or fear rejection mm-hmm. when we have a revelation of the way God has received us. Yeah. We're received. Amen. When we understand who we are, we have freedom to be transparent. Amen. And so just an example um, I think might be helpful um, when it comes to, because it's kind of tricky to sort out like, well, I did this thing, like how is that not me? You know, and it's kind of in our minds. So let's say Ellie comes to me and she just did something super wrong. Let's say she's been struggling with something for like five years and finally, bam, mm-hmm. she, did, she, she uh, musters up the courage to talk to me and said, I, I've been doing this. And, and my response is, babe, I love the real you. I love you for you for you. It's not about what you did or didn't do. I love you for who you are. And that's actually how God responds to us. He loves the real us. Like, we've been seated with him in Christ. Mm-hmm. So when I'm seeing her, I'm not seeing like, you did these things. Oh, that's just who you are. You're this kind of person, right? I'm not seeing that, okay? Um, yeah, so, yeah, so we don't need to hide or fear rejection when we have a revelation of the way God has received us. Mm-hmm. So we believe God is calling us to be real with each other. Um, yeah, so this, in this next portion, we, um, we're going to do our best to model this. We actually want to take some time to just share a little bit more about our stories, be transparent. And like the scripture that we just talked about, we actually want to like, do it mm-hmm. and give an example of what it might look like or could look like. Um, yeah, so we want to model. This is something that we're growing in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super, it's super yeah. good for us to, um, yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. When, when we were thinking about this, there was, there's a story that I will share, but there's another one that I also want to share that I'm feeling a little bit pulled to, to bring you guys into. Um, because we believe in the power of testimony We believe in, um, this is all throughout the gospel, all throughout the Bible, of sharing, I once was blind, but now I see, kind of testimonies. Look at what Jesus did. Um, I I used to struggle with um, disordered eating, with binge eating, and exercise bulimia. And that was something that I was caught into um, through through, um, issues in my, in kind of in my, in my first marriage, um, but particularly during my divorce. And it was the minute that I ended up bringing um, my roommates um, into, into this, saying, wow, I'm really, I'm really struggling with this. And I ended up saying, okay, this is what's going on. Um, this has been happening for a long time, and I need help. Um, I need to, and the boundaries that I said was like, hey, can you guys eat with me? Because I need, to, I need to have boundaries around this to say, I need to eat with people. Because there's something very lonely about doing that on my own. And that was, that was a breaking point for me, you guys. I began to, from that moment, I began to see freedom in that area. And I don't struggle with that anymore. Praise God. Also, therapy was really helpful for that too. Yeah. But there's something about voicing it that lessens the power. But the story that we also want to, that, that I also want to share 
was, um, again, during my divorce, um, uh, really struggling with um, my body image, feeling so uh, rejectable. <laughs> I will always be rejected. I will always be unlovable. How could anybody love who I am? Because the person that was supposed to love me forever never really chose me. It was really, really hard. And um, a, a friend of mine began to show interest in me. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, ended up getting involved in a rebound relationship. And I didn't realize that that's what it was. And that was a really low point for me in, in engaging in this. But I was trying so hard to feel better. And just thinking, well, I grew up in the Christian house household. I, I was, you know, I was a, I was a believer um, all through my life, and gave my gave my first husband my purity ring the night of our wedding. So that didn't work. Let's try this. And it was such a lie of the enemy that that would make me feel better, because it didn't. I ended up sleeping with him, something I never ever imagined that I would do. And immediately, I felt so much shame. Not just guilt, but shame. The enemy just attached himself to me saying, oh, wow, you ruined your story. You ruined your story. Look at what you did. Now you've done something wrong. Now you are something wrong. It was no longer me just saying, I am a you know, this happened to me. Now, I was an active participant in sin. And the enemy just said, you, look at you. You're, you're, you're ruined now. No one will ever love you. And I felt so awful about that. And I went on a run um, at that time, crying out to the Lord, just devastated by this. Um, and if anyone has walked through that, it's like turmoil in your soul, right? It's just, you just feel terrible. <laughs> you just want to like crawl in a hole. And, and I, I just cried out to God and I was like, I was like, Lord, I, I just, I've, I've ruined it. I've, I, this is, how could, how could this happen? And so gently he, he said, Ellie, I have reclaimed you. And that was exactly what I needed to hear, of feeling so unredeemable, feeling so bad, but he was saying, I have stepped into your pain and I have redeemed you. I have reclaimed you. Yeah. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. So if, um, yeah, it's just so, it's so powerful that when we can, when we can be transparent about this, this is, this is our testimony, right? This is her testimony. And so because of Jesus, my sin has become my testimony of God's mercy and his love. And instead of an indication of my sinful identity, I can share this today, not to say anything about what I've done, but to say, I screwed up. And now I can sit with women who are also struggling with rebound relationships and say, yeah. or, or disordered eating and say, you're not alone in this, but you're not that. There's freedom. Yeah. Let me show you that freedom. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. So good, babe. Yeah. Um, so a story that, that I wanted to share and kind of a similar, it's actually crazy how similar our stories are. Um, so 
I was divorced at the very end of 2015, last two weeks, like December. Um, and so 2016 and 2017 was like healing years, like get back on your feet, recover from all that has just happened. And so in that time, I, I met this woman who actually wasn't Ellie, who went through the same thing as me. And I was like, this is crazy. Your husband did this, and this happened, and he left you, and then he was cheating on you. And so we end up relating to each other in a way that I just I hadn't experienced before. And I was like, wow. And so I'd walk away from that, those situations thinking, is that, is that you, God? Is this, is this what you have for me? And so the relationship progressed a little bit, and there was a few red flags here and there that I either didn't see or I looked past because I valued the way that we were relating to each other. And so there was, there was one night I put my, myself in just a really bad situation, and we ended up sleeping together. And so the next morning, all the same lies from high school come up. This is who you are. You haven't changed. And I felt so broken. I'm like <laughs> weeping before the Lord on my face. Like just the pieces of my life felt like they were just laying on the ground. Not only am I trying to like heal and recover from this thing, but just like Ellie said, now I'm actually, I'm the one who did this. And I'm thinking, and, and what is shame saying? Shame is saying, this is who you are. This is just who you are. You're always going to deal with the same, the same things. You just have these weaknesses, and so you, you need to hide. That's what you need to do. You need to hide. You can't tell anybody about this. And just feeling just so broken. And I was in this place of shame and believing lies about myself for a period of, of months, even into our relationship. So we ended up meeting later on down the road. And it was actually the beginning of our relationship. I was like with the Lord and I was just feeling those things. And I was like, I was also thankful that the Lord just took me out of that relationship. And, and he spoke to me in such a similar tone and said, son, those weren't my plans for you. I have higher and better plans for you. And it's like he looked at me as if I had never sinned. Because that's who he made me to be. Someone who is right in his eyes. It's not me who lives anymore, but Christ Jesus who lives in me. That's not who I am. So I can live out this scripture to all of you right now and say, I'm imperfect. I need Jesus. I need a savior. I can't do it by myself. And in my sin, he has said, therefore, I love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to pursue you. He said, nevertheless, I will be with you and received me for me, for who I really was and for who I really am. And so I don't need to be ashamed now. Mm -hmm. I can actually display the gospel and, and my, you know, my actions aren't an indication of my shameful self, but they're now a testament of, of God's mercy and love and the way he has received me. And so I can be transparent. I can say, this is where I am. Look, look what he's done for me. Look how he's received yeah, me and accepted me. That's the God that we serve. And so when we have a revelation of the way that he's received us, truly received us for who we are, where we are, meeting us in the place wherever we are, we don't have to fear rejection. Yeah. 
and we don't need to hide. Amen. We can we can formally reject those things. Absolutely. We gotta yeah. move in with time. Definitely. So we can talkers. We're a little bit, yeah. So yeah, we can just move into some practicals. Yeah. Like, okay, we, we said a lot of things, transparency, you know, we don't want to walk in shame. How does this look every day? Like what does this look like? Because you're not gonna be sitting here you know, preaching every day. We're not going to be doing that. How does this look like every day? What does it look like? Yeah, we, we want to be prepared for when someone is transparent with us. Um, what is it going to look like when a friend comes and says, hey, I need to bring you into something? The Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. There's something so powerful about that. It actually brings healing. So being the kind of person to be able to receive somebody in their transparency and in their struggle yeah. with sin and in their struggle with shame. As a caveat, we really do need to say that it's, this is not a get-out-of-jail-free card, that there are consequences to yeah. sin. And yeah. we talked a lot about um, sexual sin in general. That within marriage can be very devastating to trust. Yeah. And that is why you have some awesome leaders at this church to be able to help you walk through this. Right. Um, professional counselors can be very, very important, but that is no reason um, to, think, to think that this is gonna affect trust within my marriage. Keeping that, withholding transparency with your spouse because of that is no reason to withhold uh, whatever you need to share with them. <laughs> it's yeah. no reason to stay in the shame. Bring it to the light bring it to them. If something's coming to mind right now, I want to encourage you, go home, make it right. Make it right. Um, yeah. But, this, but, but um, this, doesn't, this isn't a get, get out of jail free card. Work will need to be done. Yeah. And that's good work because it's just going to bring you closer together in your intimacy and it's so important work. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's challenging to share something you've mm -hmm. done wrong and there are Definitely. consequences, but there isn't shame. And that's what we're talking about. There isn't shame. We, we just in understanding how the Lord has received us. So, so just, um, in, how do we create an environment where we can be transparent with each other? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. How can we create an environment where we can be transparent with each other? I would say number one, we need to choose to model it ourselves. So if I'm trying to create an environment with Ellie, where she can open up to me about her life, whatever she's going through. The first step that I can take is actually model it to her. Yeah. Hey, babe, I'm going through this, and, and I need your help or whatever. Here's where I really here's where I really am. We're talking about real transparency, right? Real transparency. Here's where I really am. Yeah. She actually all of a sudden feels a safety, and and has seen a way to do it for me. And now mm -hmm. she can just do it herself. So number one, we need to actually model it. Number two, how do we create an environment um, for transparency? For transparency, number two, we need to listen. We need to be such good listeners and not have knee-jerk reactions. Oh, you were feeling that way? Well, well I was feeling this way. Ah. <laughs> you know? Yep. We, it, it, sometimes when someone shares something with us, uh, I, I could be like, babe, why would you do that? Like, why would you ever feel that way? Or why would, you know what I mean? But actually just listen. Just listen. And even affirm them for being transparent. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, like, bringing yeah. me into that. Mm -hmm. You know? So, one, model it. Two, listen. And three, we need to communicate that you're safe and you're loved. No matter what you do, Ellie, you're safe with me. 
no matter what happens, no matter how you're feeling, whatever the feelings you're saying, that's okay. You are loved. I love you. And that's not going to change. doesn't matter what you say. You're safe. So we need to communicate, you are safe with me. And you're loved. And that's not going to change. So those are really three things to create kind of an environment for that. Mm-hmm. And then... Okay. Yeah, that's probably good. Um, it's this one. Yes. So we're going to take a few minutes, and we're going to ask a few questions. There's maybe nine or ten. I don't know. And I just want, they're rhetorical. I just want you to think about them and how they apply to you. Um, this is like introspective. Good time to take notes. It's a good time to write down these questions. Um, yeah. If so something is, yeah, if something is, if something like, is pinging at you. If that, if Holy Spirit is saying, this is one, hey, pay attention here, write that down. You don't have yes. to write them all down. Yeah, I'll, so I'll ask the first one. Um, you got it, yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do you share your struggles? Do you ever feel like Just you need to hide part of yourself from someone close to you or from God? Yeah. How often are you transparent with your spouse? Or, or someone who's, you know, like your closest relationship. Am I the kind of person that I could go to with something? Yeah. Is there anything you haven't shared with anyone? And why? What is the one thing you did or was done to you that you haven't shared? Is there anything you haven't told your spouse or a significant other? What questions don't you want to be asked? And are you believing any lies about who you are that were contrary to like those verses, for example? I believe that the Holy Spirit works through conviction and not condemnation. So if you're feeling condemnation, that's not the Holy Spirit. You can just shake that off and you can take on that conviction and you can use that to bring you to freedom because condemnation wants us to stay in shame too. <laughs> so if you're, if you're hearing some of these and you're feeling that little ping, okay, there's something that I haven't shared. There's, there's that little bit of me that I haven't brought someone else into. And you may not be married, which is totally fine. There may not you, you, who is that person in your life that you could share something with, that you could bring that person into, into this? Um, if you don't feel safe at home, if you don't feel safe at home, I really want to encourage you to reach out to Jeff and Natasha because safety is number one. If you are not safe to, with physically safe, emotionally safe to bring this, this up with a spouse or someone at home, please, please, please reach out for help because you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah, and I just wanna um, touch on this as we're closing here. I heard this phrase only a week ago and I was like, that's so, that's so cool. That's, that's so like what we're talking about and I think it's really helpful here it is. If you are only 99% known, you'll never feel 100% loved. 
If you're only 99% known, you'll never feel 100% loved. So when we see God's love, we, we know that he sees it all. Mm-hmm. He sees every part of us. He sees the weaknesses. He sees the sin. Yeah. He sees the imperfections. And so when he says, I love you, and we receive his love, we feel fully loved because we know that he sees it all. So good. But then in relationship with each other, if I'm hiding just you know, 1% from Ellie, I'm closing that off. There might be something in my mind that says, you know, you know all these things, but you know, if you knew this one thing, you might feel differently about me. Or if you knew this about me, you would, you know, if you knew this was who I was, there's the lie. It's who you are. If you knew this was who I was, then, you know, maybe, maybe you would love me quite the same. But that's a lie. That's a lie. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And so we want to invite you to go home and have conversations, to get on the phone and have those conversations that you need to have. And, and if you need to just talk to Jesus first, that's awesome. But don't start there. We are meant to live in community. And if 2020 taught us anything is that we need community. We need one another. So actually actively bring people into your struggle. And this is, this is what he wants for us. He wants true transparency and for us not to be held by our past or by what we're struggling with right now. Freedom is 100% available for you. Yes. Transparency will save marriages. Mm -hmm. It will. Our stories would have looked different if we would have been like modeling transparency. It will save ministries. So we just want to encourage you guys to do that. I know that that's challenging. I've been trying to do this for the past, like, like since we got married, which yeah. was in May. And it's, like, super hard. Yeah. Like, here's where I am. But I can't tell you the amount of intimacy that we've grown in mm-hmm. because we're able to share where we really are and actually support each other. Yeah. And, and create, like, a safe environment it is so, so the kingdom. Absolutely. So we're just for you. Um, and we'll be here afterward yeah. for prayer. Um, yeah, and we just love you guys. So. Yeah, I'm just going to pray and bless us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here in this place. Holy Spirit, we receive you. We thank you, Lord, that you have filled this place. Thank you, God, for all the beautiful worship songs that we heard about your love. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. That is the truth. So we receive that love, and we thank you that that love activates us. We don't just stay where we are, but we are activated. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for breaking the chains of sin already. You have already done that 2,000 years ago. We receive that freedom today. And if anything is holding us in, in shame, in guilt, in condemnation, we reject those in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your freedom, Lord, that has made us free, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord. So I bless us. I bless every one of these individuals with conversations that wouldn't happen, with with tears that may not have ever been shed but need to be shed, with with laughter that, that brings the joy of the Lord, and for intimacy to be just continually brought closer to to us and you and closer to each other. I thank you, God, for saving 
lives with this message for saving marriages, for saving families, for saving, for saving ministries. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to be doing.